Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. Our great tagline, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us on one of the 40 radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today we're gonna talk about design and construction. In fact, the name of the show is Design and Construction Today. We'll explore the latest design and construction trends impacting the people and the companies that occupy space. We'll also discuss how these trends are impacting the market and the professionals that design, build, and own real estate. Please welcome my guest. First, Lamar Wakefield, a CEO of Wakefield Beasley. They're a full-service architectural firm providing high-quality design services in the U.S. and all over the world. Lamar, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Well, we appreciate you being here. Also, please welcome Millard Choate and Todd Barrett. They're with Choate Construction. and Millard is president, and Todd is director of virtual construction Director of Virtual Construction, that's the title I want, you know, for, for my job. Right. That's fantastic. And uh, Choate provides construction on all types of commercial projects throughout the U.S. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you. We appreciate it. And first of all, you know, we've all just went through a commercial real estate, seems like, based recession, right? It was, it was tough for a lot of people. We're starting to see cranes. We're starting to see development. How busy are you guys, Lamar? I mean, it starts with you guys, right, designing it. How's business? Well, it's uh, very good right now, um, really kind of globally for us. I would say pre-recession, uh, we were probably 150 people in our main office in Atlanta, but we had other offices around the country and around the world and we probably lost about 50 percent of our folks during that period of time is that's probably not as bad as most architects i think it was a little higher than that typically but we're back actually above where we were uh pre-recession levels and uh, actually opened a new office in china and you guys are hiring we are hiring absolutely okay and uh, what about you guys? How about on the construction end? Are you guys busy? Well, you know, at the risk of being corny, it, business is building, but um, <laughs> um, but it, but it, seriously, it is. And we, we like Lamar. So it's not like the elevator business. It's not yeah. down. <laughs> well, it goes down, but it comes back up. Yeah. But uh, we went through a tough time. Our our industry did during the recession. We were fortunate to maintaining our people, but our subcontractors lost a lot of their personnel. But we're on the the upswing. Uh, we're seeing an uptick uh, in um, all types of businesses. We see a lot of hospitality, st- uh, senior living, student housing, that type of thing uh, continuing to, to burgeon. And um, it varies at different locations across the country. But uh, well, Tell us the, about volume or maybe number of employees to give us a range of wh- where it happened in the recession and today. Uh, pre-recession, our company, we're actually a collection of, of different uh, locations. But our whole company went from around $850 million uh, uh, in 07, 08. And then we went down to a, a low of around 450 or so. And we're back up uh, now to our pre-recession levels. Um, that puts, a, a, obviously, a, a, a challenge for personnel finding the right people as we continue to grow. And, and we have five different offices, and they have their own unique geographic uh, characteristics and challenges mm-hmm. right and talk to us about the kind of projects you're seeing is it still kind of government and municipalities or are you seeing uh, for-profit builders I know we had a lot of medical of course we have a lot of apartments uh, what's the trends on, on types of properties Lamar well I mean we're very diverse in our practice so mm-hmm. that we do uh, a lot of assisted and independent care we do a lot of apartment um, 
design and we do a lot of work for churches as well as uh, higher ed and uh, municipal facilities but I would tell you right now the the biggest component of our business is retail mixed use Mm -hmm. and that's occurring I think just because of where the market's taking us from a walkability sustainability kind of environment that people want to have and the old retail days are really tough right now because of e-commerce so if you can't create an experience if you can't promote dwell time it's very hard for the retailer to succeed so uh, we're doing project one in Charleston, one in Greenville, a big one in Nashville. We're, we just finished Avalon here in Atlanta. We're, we're doing the Braves' new mixed-use facility in Cobb County. but doing a really big one in uh, Dallas, Texas currently. So that's where we're seeing our biggest trends going. And is all your mixed-use uh, projects in the U.S.? No, we're doing one um, in Panama currently. Uh, Panama City, Panama, and uh, we also have one in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about on the construction side? Uh, what type of projects are hot today? Well, again, it depends on what area of the country. But mm-hmm. um, in general, I would say, you know, we, f- for a long time it was everything was, we call it stick-built, mm-hmm. it seems like. Apartments, senior living, student housing. And we're still seeing quite a bit of that. But <laughs> as our guys say, wow, it's great to build with steel and concrete again, too. <laughs> so we're, we're doing both. And um, b- But uh, the, I think the, the reentry of private equity coming into the markets is helping uh, grow the private area sector. But we're still seeing uh, a predominance of, of university work, th- uh, things like that. But we're seeing an uprise of build-a-suit, custom build-a-suits. Uh, we all know about some of the major corporations that are, mm-hmm. are going to build, uh, and they've announced, uh, such as State Farm and other companies like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Pfizer, people like that, we're seeing that come back. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're seeing uh, our first um, speculative office buildings um, uh, in certain areas, such as Raleigh, uh, Charlotte, places like that. So we're seeing that come back. Hospitality is, is still big, big business for us. Uh, five-star resorts, uh, golf uh, clubhouses of all, uh, all types and everything. So those have been very steady for us as the automotive industry. Uh, we have a group, we do, I think we've done around 400 automobile dealerships. And guys, listen, that. That, that's a good steady base, yeah. and they're a great industry, uh, as well as the, the NASCAR race shops that we build and, you know, some unique things. Yeah, and the, the auto industry's been doing well, right? And so they've been uh-huh. expanding, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, I was yeah. traveling last week, and where I was, every other commercial was for uh, a car dealer, it seemed yeah. like. Yeah. So auto sales are continuing to go. And uh, so we're, we're seeing quite a bit of that. Okay. Well, let's talk about what's new in design. What are some of the trends? Uh, Lamar, what are, what are people wanting? What are you guys doing that's, that's different these days? Well, I mean, I mean from a technology perspective, and I, and I know Todd can address this as well, of course, the building information modeling Revit tools that we use, if you're going to work for the Corps of Engineers or higher ed uh, clientele, you're going to have to embrace that kind of technology to the nth degree because they require it and it's important to their management of those facilities going down the road other trends i would say is um you know just establishing really kind of core values of what the client's looking for which i mentioned a couple of them earlier walkability is a really important thing for the millennial age and uh, sustainability is a really important component there so 
decoupling um, as many mixes of uses into an environment to us is the latest trend and it will continue. Okay. And does anything surprise you guys when you get the, the plans from the architects about the designs today of, of some of these new projects? Not ours. I mean, <laughs> Not here. <laughs> plans? Designs? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the technology is helping a lot of that for us yeah. to, to be able to work a lot closer yeah. uh, and, and just dissecting and understanding the projects. Obviously, mm-hmm. 3D and, and, and those tools, the BIM tools, are helping us on the general contractor side to, to really dive into the designs a bit more and, and sometimes getting on a lot earlier as well to, to really get in and start collaboration and coordination a lot faster. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are surprised here. You know, we have a game room with a pool table and a ping pong table and a dartboard, and then people come in and say, I thought this was a commercial real estate office. And, and we got a coffee shop, you know, that faces a, a TV radio studio. So, so what surprises you or, or, or some of the people when they see some of the spaces you're building today? You know, there's any design features that kind of surprise them? Well, I mean, we're, we're very heavily into, we just moved into new office space ourselves, mm-hmm. and it's all about creative office. You know, mm-hmm. how, do you re, how do you recruit and retain the best kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so important. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, the highest level of uh, technology you can have, we're in a gigabit development, which is important uh, for our kids that we're trying to recruit and retain. And then um, no ceilings, a lot of... Uh, uh, open air areas, a lot of collaboration spaces, a lot of uh, hoteling we call it, where people can share desk features and those kind of things. So, it's uh, it's all moving in that direction. The the old uh, hard wall office scenario, other than some of our friends in the attorneys business, or it's about over. Yeah, some of the mm-hmm. corporate offices we're seeing are, are starting to incorporate, you know, gear more towards the millennials as well, where they're looking for these, you know, we're, we're seeing, you know, yoga studios and spin rooms and, you know, all kinds of interesting space to keep the, you know, keep em- those employees there. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, keep them busy, right? <laughs> keep, them, uh, keep them engaged. All right, well, stay tuned. We'll have more on construction and design. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today. We're talking about design and construction techniques. And my guests are Lamar Wakefield with Wakefield Beasley and Millard Choate and Todd Barrett with Choate Construction. And guys, there's uh, some new devices out there in construction today and design, right? What are some of the new techniques, some of the new tools uh, that are being used in construction today that are making a difference? I would say that you know one of the the, the biggest things we're seeing is uh, the use of build BIM building information modeling, um, as you know these tools initially started kind of in the design side, and and now as general contractors are are kind of embracing them and starting to use them more uh, for collaboration um, early on um, through all all stages of the project. Uh, so so for the guy that's driving down the road, he turned the channel and he's not in construction or design right. or maybe in commercial real estate. Tell him what BIM is. So BIM in its in its essence, that uh, you know, a BIM is is a model uh, in its essence. You know, it's just a pro- uh, a, a representation of a, of a project, but it's also a process at the same time. 
Um, it's in the old days, you know, drawing on paper was you know lines and, and, and things that represented walls and doors. Well, now we're we're actually modeling those 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 objects are in 3D and they're they they know how thick they are, they know how big they are, they know how much they weigh and, and how much they cost. So we're able to leverage that on the general construction side uh, for doing everything from quantification, understanding the pricing of a building, uh, being able to quickly analyze changes or or uh, potential you know value engineering of the of a project, um, and so that type of assessment, and then later on further being able to use all of that information that we're uh, collecting as we design, you know, as Lamar and his group are designing, we start building, um, as more information is determined and decided, we're starting to create, you know, a, a really strong database that can be used um, after the project's turned over. So the owners are starting to see this um, as, a, as a really good asset for facility management and, and managing those buildings and maintaining them. So, Is it similar to CAD? What's the differences? So really the difference, uh, CAD was uh, replicating, you know, uh, 2D drawing on paper, you know, taking it to to a computer, uh, drawing lines in, in the computer. Where where BIM is actually creating, uh, we're essentially building the building in, in the computer before we build it on on the construction site or and designing it. BIM is a 3D. Yeah. BIM is a basic picture, a, hol a holograph uh, of exactitudes of, of every component, every door, every structural system is designed to the nth degree. Nice. For example, we had to model. We call it certain projects we, we did a major uh, imaging uh, research project at chapel hill we could not have built that building without modeling it because eight feet above the plenum was packed with every system pipe conduit uh, radiology known to man and it was a uh, critical to to get it coordinated uh so it's 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 bim is changing our industry uh, is we're becoming more and more integrated with the design side. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll work and collaborate their models, our models, our st structural engineers' models with our subcontractors' models, right. plumbing, electrical, everything, and it's becoming integrated. It's going from th even 3D, what we call it 5D, the, three uh, the physical dimensions coupled with cost and schedule on top of it. So, it, and it ranges all the way from, BIM, BIM was a well-worn term that really was used more for marketing at one time. True integrated project delivery is where the teams work together in concert, designing as the architect is designing, the contractor is also uh, being able to put in cost input and time schedule input. And it's really changing how we do things. Uh, for example, we can analyze for labor savings um, as we go through these analyses. The biggest impact in our industry in the last recession was labor. We lost a lot of mechanics. Anything that we can uh, do to help facilitates the cost. For example, we're able to now use BIM modeling to, to do modeling assemblies, which means we can prefabricate major components of the building, such as the skin system, uh, in a quality controlled factory, bring it to the site, hoist it in place, and be done speed, labor savings, and quality. Um, they're, they're key to us. And uh, the, the modeling also then, the model can be fed into what's called a uh, robotic uh, total station. And that device will lay out every point in space, every door, every anchor boat, anything, those corners, the slab recessions, uh, depressions, etc. And it's, it, it's a, taking that virtual holograph of a building and putting it in physical locations. We did a high rise, for example, in Nashville. We laid out every sleeve 
in the project, 7,400 sleeves. Three of them were off, were off less than three-eighths of an inch. Wow. So it's nearly perfect. Mm. <clears throat> so I obviously get pretty pumped up <laughs> about, about where we're headed with this whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So the conflicts of, of one system not working because the other system's there is almost gone. I mean, it seems like whenever I've, I've, you know, I've only built things, simple things like houses or a renovated apartment complexes and stuff, but it seems like you come in and do the HVAC and the, the plumbing's in the yeah, way. The conflict, conflict resolution conflict. Yeah. absolutely yeah. resolved. Yeah. yeah. As, as well as, I think, estimating because the quantities mm-hmm. are absolutely perfect. We're yeah. not estimating it. it. It is what it is. Yeah. Finding a lot of those those things, we like to you know finding those surprises before they come bigger surprises. You know we're able to. It's a lot easier to resolve them earlier on. It, 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 the cost impact for for making a change is drastically reduced the, the sooner you catch it. You know before it's you know the guys on the site looking at it, and they're scratching their heads trying to figure yeah. out what, what to do. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing some images of this BIM and some of these uh, products. And if you're listening on one of the radio stations, uh, check out the show website CRE show.com and we'll have some images here you can look at don't do it while you're driving though (laughs) (laughs) so is BIM also useful in the design uh, phase as well so the uh, occupier can kind of visualize what they're going to get that's where we start uh, initially is showing the 3d model of the office building or the mixed-use product or the retail store and we can move it around for them to look Mm -hmm. at every angle uh, whether you're walking up or driving up or flying over it, and they can, you know, really, uh, we can adjust our proportions based on those comments that those people might have, depending on what kind of brand they're interested in and providing for the project. It's interesting. We're starting to see some of the technology from from the gaming industry even start to come in into our industry now, where you know, between you know, virtual reality goggles and things, where people can actually get in and, and be immersed inside that space. Uh, which you know, for critical spaces like operating rooms and things like that, you know, you can put a physician in that space before he, it's even built, and yeah. and 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 uh, really make sure that it's it's dead on. Well, one of the things also, if you expand at different levels, 100 to 600. Uh, we have been commissioned, for example, to do a facilities maintenance model for this large project at University of North Carolina. And their facilities people will be able to walk in any room virtually, look at every component, see the specification, the model number, the voltage, the, the, the CFM of the diffusers, the gas, the mastic used to adhere, the flooring system, everything, every color. It's a, it's a true virtual building they'll be able to manage that facility from here on out how many of the larger projects are built with bim today um we we, we're we're modeling uh just about every large project uh, even internally just for conflict and there's a benefit after the the building's occupied right for having used bim for maintenance and ongoing if you go to that level do uh, a maintenance model is what it's called a facility maintenance model we just finished a a really large um, municipal facility it's a hundred million dollar courthouse facility so at the end of the day when we hand this guy this in maintenance that disc and he wants to be able to you know seven years from now find out what the model number is for a piece of hardware that went bad or needs to change out a, a diffuser the models in the in the bim model i need that at my house i don't don't know what what is that light bulb supposed to be i don't know well stay tuned we'll have more on design and construction i'm michael bull this is the commercial real estate show not the construction real estate show we'll be right back the commercial real estate show is brought to you in part by florida international university 
With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about design and construction. Our guests are Lamar Wakefield with Wakefield Beasley and Millard Choate and Todd Barrett with Choate Construction. And, and gentlemen, sustainability and, and lead types of certifications have been you know all the rage for a while. It seemed like the recession took a little bit of the steam out of that process of, of people spending the kind of money to do those types of things in construction and design today. What are you seeing now and moving forward? Are uh, with regards to sustainability? Well, I'll start uh, by um, saying that, A, if you if you work at Wayfield Beasley, you are going to be a lead accredited professional. I don't care how many times you have to take the test. <laughs> You're going to be a lead accredited professional. That said, we've done numerous platinum lead facilities. That we, we're seeing that because of the cost of that on an annual basis, we're seeing that go down in popularity right now, even though sustainability is obviously clearly important. We all want to embrace it. So we're seeing more of the gold slash silver side of lead sustainability. Millard? Yeah, uh, I, I agree, Lamar. Lead started out years ago as, as, as a big thing. A lot of for institutions adopted it. And it's gone from a beat your chest, I'm a good being a good guy type of thing, to economics and we have a lady that's been on the national board of usgbc so we've been uh, ahead of the curve on some of the criteria and what we are seeing and what i'm glad to see is that it's becoming more of an economic decision in other words what's the return on investment what's the payback period uh, nowadays it's it has the cost is diminishing uh, to go lead silver um, is not uh, hardly a premium at all anymore, particularly in office buildings. Um, lead gold is still somewhat of a premium, but its return is is becoming less and less. Uh, and so it has become an economic driver. Uh, many developers are, are loath to install lead systems for the initial cost up front if they're going to um, flip the buildings but people who hold them longer term uh, are definitely seeing the, um, the payback. Uh, solar is more and more prevalent. Uh, we in our own building um, uh, put in a lead uh, solar system. It's, uh, in fact, you can go to chotesolar.com and at any point in time see how it's performing, how much power is being produced, and it's just cool. And the payback period uh, with tax credits we had there was three years and 11 months. Wow. Which is pretty short. Uh, and so, then substantial savings moving down Well, the you know, the biggest savings we got was not just the power savings that we computed. We, the, the real cookie was the uh, peak shaving cost. They compute your annual rate based upon peak in the summer, and we were defraying our energy consumption by 30%. And that helped us immensely. On, on the rate so uh, but but solar is there and it just it makes more common sense it's not as expensive as it it's was, not right? as expensive okay. we put in the world I mean the world the southeast first lead uh, excuse me LED parking lot lighting system terribly efficient and again the payback period was very short and now some of our auto dealer 
uh, clients are using it because let's face it at night at an auto dealership you could perform retinal surgery uh, is so bright and the I power think, savings there is is phenomenal I think they did that to me last time I bought a car <laughs> <laughs> well other types of surgery for you Michael <laughs> but I won't go there okay well, let's talk about construction costs it seems like that's been one of the saving grace uh, for the commercial real estate industry as the lack of new supplies really uh, created uh, benefits for existing owners as far as raising rates and, and occupancy on their projects you know where are construction costs today uh, compared to say pre-recession well um the the cost it's hard to give you a, just a general overall one size fits all because there are certain sectors and I'm going to address a couple to give you an example. You're not going to use the A word, are you? The, well, I mean, the A word. Apartments. Oh no 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 no. Uh, for example, uh, office in 2007 we built an office building shell uh, for a particular client for 88 dollars per square foot. Today that cost would be 90 to 95 dollars a foot very little increase over eight years so um, and that's primarily due to, to um, structural as much as anything for example steel uh, during the the crunch when the market hit the tank it was frustrating for us because structural steel was actually increasing despite less demand that's because China had eaten up the world supply of scrap steel uh, they were a, a net importer of steel uh, today, scrap has stabilized at around 17 cents per pound. China is now a net exporter of steel. Their their production ca capacity caught up. So those things have stabilized. Petroleum-based products, such as PVC, asphalt, have, have obviously benefited most recently from the decline in petroleum. So those are the things that we see. And concrete? Then concrete has stabilized. We're in good shape there. And... Um, but anything that's been built of unit frame or wood is up around 16 to 20%. Wow. Well, stay tuned. We'll have more on construction and design. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Realnex, providing a comprehensive suite of powerful commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low cost. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for being with us. Today we're talking about design and construction. And our guests are Lamar Wakefield with Wakefield Beasley and Millard Choate and Todd Barrett with Choate Construction. And Lamar, I'd like to get a tip. So if I've got a project coming up and I need to pick an architect, what are some tips for picking the right architect for a project? Well, I would start, Michael, with going to their websites. Everyone has very complete websites these days. And so once you determine if they have that uh, experience, um, you know, then the interview process from that point is, I think, trying to determine if this particular architect is going to listen to what your needs are and what your requirements are, who the project designer is going to be and who the project manager is going to be, and that you can count on those folks to be with you throughout the process. Okay, good tip. And what about picking a construction company, guys? What are some tips about picking the right construction company? Should it just be named Choate? Uh, no, it just, it's real easy. Just dial 678-892-1200. Um, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, but primarily, seriously, the, the, the things that you need to look for if I were to hire a contractor is the same thing as Lamar said. Mm -hmm. Intimate experience with the type of project. 
and we have separate specialized groups that do this. Construction is going more into niche type sectors, uh, whether it's, um, uh, for example, a wind turbine facility or a corporate headquarters, whatever that, like that. Find the team that has that, mm -hmm. the experience, uh, the reputation. We changed our logo after 25 years. We had three little words at the bottom. Reputation is everything. And I mean that sincerely. That's key to picking someone. Check, you, when you check them out, make sure you call uh, or check out some of their clients and experience. And pick someone that has the right people uh, for your project. It's a relationship thing, as Lamar said. And you've got to have people that get along um, uh, with you or your type of facilities managers. Um, and the last thing is in this era of more integrated project delivery, you have to find a contractor that's totally transparent that will show you where every dollar is budgeted, where every dollar is bid out to the trades, and where every dollar is spent. And that's, that's paramount. Uh, that's how we do business with, with most of our corporate clients today. Those are great tips, and mm -hmm. you know, I uh, you talk about personalities and, and how you're going to communicate. I had a vendor that I really liked that I was going to pick, but he talked like this slow, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll kill this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's going to have the speed of a speech. Yeah. I can't work with him. Well, what about some tips when you are working with an architect to, to help the process go smoother? If you're a you're a principal and you're, you're you're renovating or designing your office space or your headquarters or or whatever it is. Well, for, for Wakefield Beasley, um, you know, reputation is what uh, Millard was talking about, his company. We have a great reputation, we think. But I think listening is the most important thing that we can do for our clients. Mm -hmm. And so we don't take the program requirements down, uh, determine core adjacencies, get those components in place, and then go off to our office to design this building. We want to collaborate uh, sometimes twice a week, but at least once a week with our clients so that we go through each of the steps of the schematic design, design development, and construction drawings so that they are involved with us and the general contract to understand budget, scheduling, and the fact that we're meeting their needs. Great advice. And how about the construction company? What are some tips for principals uh, dealing with the construction company to make it smooth? I, th I mean, I think uh, a big part of it is the communication. Um, mm -hmm. Communication between, you know, the entire team. Um, we see things break down all the time when people just aren't talking to one another. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think that's a, a major one. I think everybody's seen the cartoon, the swing, how the client envisioned it, the architect designed it, and the contractor built it. Yeah. And the reason I refer to that is, most importantly, we'll do conceptual narratives, even when the drawings are schematic, to fill in the gaps, to define every little piece. In other words, and we say, everybody, please read it define the scope of work as early as possible. The, 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 the quality levels, the scope, so that we're all working to the same sheet of music. The architects don't want to design it twice. The client doesn't want to get sticker shock after, after the first pricing. So maintaining that constant relationship during that phase is critical between the three parties, not just contractor and architect, but the owner needs to be intimately involved. Todd said communication, um, and you also have to have understanding. The client needs to fully understand what the process is, and if not, learn how the process works. Strongly recommend it. Be aware of what the schedule is and what critical milestone dates are paramount to meet in order for the project to be successful and cost efficient. So there's, there's a little bit of a critical path analysis that goes along with that. 
And I just strongly recommend if uh, with our clients, we actually will sit in and do uh, pre-construction 101 with them to explain all of these and the processes and help them understand what to look for. Well, that's good advice. I think that's one of the things we see with with our tenants that are looking at space is they don't realize how long this process takes. And, you know, the design and the construction of the space can be one of the largest things. And uh, I guess that you guys communicate well with your clients, then your boats, uh, the name of your boats, not change order then, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You go to the marina, change order. Well, let me get that. What does that change? Change order. Change? No. And what about uh, technology uh, quickly before the end of the break? You want to, I guess, understand the technology there going to use in the process right right I, th- I think you know getting uh, everybody in the team involved early as well is, is a big you know a big help um, and understanding the tools that, that everyone's going to be using you know what what are the the design team members what what type of uh, tools are they going to be using and then uh, as well as asking the owner you know those questions you know are these the things that we do to facilitate you know specifically you know my interest in BIM you know are those models and that data going to be used afterwards uh, because that has a big impact on on what's going to happen with the project as it goes forward. And I, and I was actually kidding. We the idea is to get the scope defined so there are no change orders for scope. That's right. That, that's very important to yeah. us. Yeah, that is that's important. Well, then I won't get a ride in your boat. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, stay tuned. We'll have more on design and construction. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Boyle. Today we're talking about design and construction. We have Lamar Wakefield with Wakefield Beasley and Miller Choate and Todd Barrett with Choate Construction. And gentlemen, can you tell us, uh, Lamar, to start us out, if you will, with an interesting project you've been involved with lately? Well, we just completed and moved into our corporate office into Avalon, which is an Alpharetta. It's uh, a large mixed-use uh, development 380,000 feet of retail space, uh, including about 15 food and beverage uh, locations, along with hundreds of thousands of feet of office, about 350 apartment units, and a new hotel. And what's interesting is this is mixed use, but it is not infill. It is not infill, <laughs> um, but we are doing another one for the Braves currently there at, mm-hmm. at Galleria mm-hmm. at Cobb County in 41, and that would that's a kind of regentrification of an area that's going to be awesome, and the same kind of statistics for that uh, development. And I would say that is infill. I mean, it is right there in the middle it of everything. Is, yeah, but, yeah. you know, Avalon is, is what, uh, 20 minutes from the Atlanta's uh, center. And, and so it's kind of suburban mixed shoes it can be very interesting and projects. And what about you guys at Choate? Uh, well, we're, we're, we work on a lot of unique projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've just uh, very proud that uh, we were chosen. Engineering News Record showed us, chose us for the best project in the United States in two categories one in corporate uh, headquarters for the Carters, uh, clothing headquarters, uh, and then the other ones for the wind turbine drivetrain facility for Clemson University in North Charleston. Uh, that The Clemson project won best industrial project in the nation, and Carters won the best corporate interior project in the nation. So both highly interesting, both highly complex, and uh, some photos uh, would go a long way with d- right. explaining that. Well, good. Well, we'll put links to all four of these mm-hmm. projects uh, on the web page. So if you're out on the uh, drive and don't don't go on your phone right now, but uh, 
we go to CREshow.com and we'll have the links. These are all four extremely interesting projects to check out. And uh, before you guys go, I got to ask you if if, uh, if you're a, a young uh, professional and you're new to your industry or you're thinking about getting into the industry, what would you tell somebody, Lamar, wanting to get into your field? Well, I mean, we very much encourage, and we have 16 mm-hmm. interns this summer, mm-hmm. and we, we encourage these kids to come in either toward the end of their high school year and once they've decided in college they they might want to be in interiors or in architecture and then we're so diverse in our practice whether it's corporate or it's retail or it's municipal or higher ed uh, we we want to put them in that position to make sure and I would encourage them to take intern positions quickly as they can sounds like a fun field it's a blast yeah (laughs) and what about folks thinking about getting into construction Um, you know every year I get to address the um, fortunate to address the uh, the students at Clemson in architecture and in building construction science and this is the topic that I will cover and what I advise them is one you're you're covered with technology you've got that down pat uh, and as I sit there they're they're texting or tweeting <laughs> right. but I always stress humor human interaction develop social skills relationships that's that's a Lamar term relationships are key um, human interaction. Uh, we've even found some struggling to write letters uh, in, in terms of that. So there's more than just the technology, which is terribly important, but how they relate to other people is yeah. key. Still in our industry, everyone in our industry has to, the whole goal is to get the other party to do what you want them to do. Yeah. So persuasion, communication, is just a key part, and I and, would stress that. And uh, you might tell a millennial that millennial that they have to do it in person, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you might have to be Texting in front around. of them, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah. maybe not in front of the cameras and microphones, but be in front of the person, right? right? Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Great information. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for being with us on the 40 radio stations, YouTube, iTunes, or the show website. We sure appreciate it. And be sure and join us next week. We're going to talk about the A word, right? Is that what you were calling it earlier? We're going to talk about the apartment industry. You know, the multifamily industry has been interesting. There's been a lot of new construction, but everyone thinks there's plenty to go. That it's a great thing to get into and still invest in. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty Commercial Advisors, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. Realnex, a comprehensive and powerful suite of commercial real estate tools at an incredibly low price. Visit realnex.com. That's R-E-A-L-N-E-X. FIU, Florida International University. Earn your master's in real estate in as little as 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals use for commercial real estate information. Visit Excelligent.com. That's X-C-E-L-I-G-E-N-T. Commercial Search, the source to market and source available properties for sale or lease. Visit CommercialSearch.com. For more information on these great companies or for additional videos, podcasts, or articles, visit CREshow.com.